Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. It's another edition of the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. This on the eve of the Western Conference Final, which I know you and I are very excited about. I guess it's game day, game seven, Carolina, New York. That's that's all good as well. We're not going to complain about game sevens, but the real show, I think, for us at least, Julian, begins tomorrow night. We're very, very excited about that. We'll get into it in a second, but first, you know, the, the customary pleasantries. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Had a good weekend. Caught a bit of a uh... Game seven with uh, the Heat and the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Try to catch a little bit of hockey here and there, seeing how the Rangers were able to get to game seven against Carolina. Other than that, just taking it easy, man. Like, like the it's it's kind of weird. Like the games are slowing down. We're starting to see less and less of them. Obviously, with fewer teams left in the playoffs, it's actually kind of sad because this postseason is like this is a really good postseason. We got some really good matchups. The upsets were pretty good, but also like. I know we're going to get into it with Edmonton, Colorado, but like those two teams, the series against each other, insane. Tampa Bay woke up and and now they're going to be legit. And as we're doing this, Carolina and the Rangers are still alive and they've been pretty good this year either. We're either getting a really good Carolina team with good offensive players, but really sound defensively, or we're getting a Rangers team that is also shown to be good defensively, but has a Vezina trophy likely winner in Igor Shosturkin. And mm-hmm. plus it's, it's the Rangers. So you're getting a big media market there so like there's i don't know i mean i don't know how the nhl feels about it but just as as a casual observer here just i like this i like the potential of what the final four could produce it's been exceptional it's been exceptional all the way through uh and you know there's a lot of talk about you know changing playoff format and all that stuff we talk about it all the time we don't have to do it but this year everything fell into place pretty perfectly and you mentioned the celtics and heat uh i normally love NBA um, playoff back basketball. Like I, I love it. It's, it's a great, I, I, this year it's not as been as easy to consume except for maybe the first round because it's just lined up that way. But usually it is the superior product by a wide margin, especially when you get to the final four teams in the NBA finals, because 
the superstars are always there. The superstars are always present. And for the first time in a long, long time, it seems we're getting that in the NHL. I, I think four of the five best players in the world, for my estimation, are playing in this Western Conference final between the Oilers and the Avalanche. And I, I understand that ESPN doesn't wish they had that series instead of the NBA finals, which are stretching across like three weeks, which is ridiculous, but whatever. But TNT's got something here. They got a product here between Colorado and Edmonton. It is going to be sensational. Uh, and I cannot wait for it. And honestly, like this is the first time in a long time that the NHL has outperformed the NBA, I think, in the playoffs just as a whole. And remarkably, at a time when fans really start to disengage from the NHL, when they're down to four markets, and usually it's a contest of sucking the life out of the game, it really sort of like all the steam comes out of it. But we could be reaching the best part of the playoffs right now at a time where I don't like 60 years between Golden State and Boston, two legendary franchises meeting. I get all that. But honestly, I'm not going to be distracted at all. Edmonton, Colorado is the place to be for me. And I think most hockey fans that do go from hockey to basketball, maybe this time of year, be sticking with the NHL. You know what the best part about this Western Conference is? And maybe I could be totally wrong, and maybe both coaches have a change of heart. Not only do we have some of the best players in the world in Kale McCarr and, and Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl going at each other, both those teams play on teams who thrive on speed and offense. Mm -hmm. if, they, if both of those teams decide we're just going to lock it down and play just defensive, super defensive, just stifling New Jersey hockey. That totally goes against what we've known about both of those franchises, especially for this season. We could be in for one of the best, at least on paper, what it could provide one of the best Western conference finals in a long, long time. You make up a really good point. This is around the time where people, especially in markets that don't have teams, I find in Canada a lot, especially in Montreal and, we're starting to see in other markets as well, where once their teams are out of it, they yep. check out of this. But like two of the top three players, at least, in McDavid and McKinnon, are going to be there. Maybe you have Leon Dreisaitl slotted in the top five. Maybe you also have Caleb McCarr in the top five. Like, this is, this is incredible. And that's no disrespect to Tampa or Carolina or the New York Rangers or whatever that, or whatever that series is going to be. But... If I'm the NHL, if I'm Steve Mayer, if I'm whoever is in charge of marketing the series, if I'm Sportsnet, I'm TNT, this is such a golden opportunity. I care more about how this series will be marketed around the NHL world more than the uh, more than the you know studying both teams in terms of what they'll look like on the ice. Like I want to mm -hmm. see with the potential that is there for this series. And at the end of the day, I get it, the players have to deliver on that anticipation but the league has a has an immense responsibility to to add to that promise and overselling as well like i i want to see how they handle this well i think we've seen a little bit of a change too just in their like initial sell on social media on twitter and on instagram we didn't see avalanche versus oilers we saw mcdavid versus mckinnon and that's something that you will see in any nba graphic or whatever it's lebron versus 
you know, Doncic or whatever it is. It's always going to be that. It's always the player first, the, the main superstar first. And that's something we never see in the NHL, which romanticizes about team and, the, and, and how the individual is really unimportant in the grand scheme of things. But in order to have the best product on the ice, it has to be driven by superstars. And you're right. I mean, these two, they can't change themselves. Attack and offensive-minded play is in their DNA. Yes, Jay Woodcroft put some systems in that allowed them to help to get this to this point. Jared Bednar has—they've always played pretty well. They've got a really strong defensive core. Sam Gerrard being out hurts them a little bit, but above all else, it is superstar talent that these two teams run on. And conversely, on the flip side or the other side of that token, it's shady, spotty goaltending for both teams. So there isn't really that opportunity for an Igor Shesterkin to step in and be this great neutralizer, which allows one team to play a certain way and make it low event, park the bus because they can just lean on one person to change the game. That's not how these teams are, are set up. We could see four goals in 71 seconds. Like we saw between Calgary and Edmonton, because the goaltenders might allow for that. And when things like that happen, the game breaks free of its shackles and it becomes open-ended and fun and entertaining and back and forth. So everything about this series sets up to be wild and fun and more important than that, underscoring superstar play. And there are many superstars. There's, there's four elite, elite, elite level players, but there's also a supporting cast on both teams of immense talent as well. Like we even touched on Nazem Kadri or Miko Ranson, who's a top 10 postseason performer by points per game in his career. Uh, Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, Zach Hyman. It's crazy how Gabriel Landeskog, Devontae's Darnell Nurse. Like there's so much talent in this series. And the goaltending is such that we don't, that a lot of people don't believe either of them can win a Stanley Cup. One of them's going to go to the Stanley Cup final, but it is going to be a track meet for pretty much every reason laid out. It's going to be incredible. Can you imagine if game one ends like 5 4 and actually, you're going to say 1 just... nothing? <laughs> oh, no. If it ends, if, oh, if it ends I mean, 1 I'll be over. shocked. But I think 5 4s are going to be the standard, honestly. It's just, this, I'm, I just want to see the speed. I just want to see guys go end to end we saw McKinnon do it in that second round I want to see McDavid do it like we need to see enough of that I'm not even asking for them to do a repeat of of when Crosby and Ovechkin went at each other and they had the hat tricks in the same game I'm just asking for high quality high octane puck between these two teams that's what I want that's what that's what we've desired that's that's what I think a lot of people dream about when they think of this series and if this series delivers, any casual fan who might have tuned in this year in America, for example, off of TNT or ESPN, I know TNT is going to have the series this year. This is a this like th- I feel like this is, is this is important. This, there's an opportunity where if you were kind of on the fence about being a hockey fan, and if Edmonton and Colorado provide the fireworks that could be expected from something like this. This could be enough to turn a lot of people from casual fans into diehards. There's a there's an immense amount of pressure, I think, that not a lot of people are bringing up with this series. There is a golden opportunity to turn people who are just on the fence with this game into fans. Playoff hockey can do that with a lot of people, but seeing some of the best players in the world go at each other, and if the play is great, 
I think that could also swing very favorably into gaining new fans for the sport. I think things happen for a reason, honestly. Um, NBC, like, they're obviously not Mickey Mouse. They own the number one TV on television, Sunday Night Football. They broadcast the Olympics. They are, of course, a titan in sports broadcasting. But the platform with which the NHL belonged to should have been ESPN or TNT, which is not even, not even TNT, but TNT has done an exceptional job. I actually think they're doing better than ESPN. But ESPN... That's where sports uh, lives 24-7. And that there is where it can get the proper attention and the attention that it deserves to be compared to NFL, NBA, MLB, so on and so forth. That's where you need to be. And I think now that the NHL got to the place that they need to be, the platform where they needed to be, good things happen, like this one, where it's the high-end talent winning over the teams, two teams that these two teams just overcame that are looking to just suffocate you and play a brand of hockey that is not what you fell in love with the game in the first place for, right? I didn't fall in love with hockey because of scheme and structure. I fell in love with it because of goal scoring. And that's what we're going to see in this series. And I think there is no coincidence, if you believe in hockey gods, that this opportunity on a new platform gives them a chance to right the wrongs that we've seen previously and you're right like I guess there's a lot of pressure but like that pressure doesn't really belong to anyone like it's not like Connor McDavid's going to be shy of the moment or care about performing for a U.S.-based audience that's that's just not how it happens if these two teams are just themselves as I mentioned it's in their DNA we will see tremendous hockey and we will see a great team and a great collection of players move on to the Stanley Cup final I do think this is the perfect opportunity it's awesome for TNT that panel better be pulling out all the stops. And I know they will for this series. It is going to be something that can dominate the off days of the NBA finals and make some people, if there's a blowout or if they're truly a hockey fan before a basketball fan switch from ESPN to TNT to watch this. And I hope ESPN does its job during this because you're right. Like they're competing with TNT and they've got their own thing right now, but this deserves high quality coverage. And finally, in the United States, that's what the NHL is getting. ESPN has the Stanley Cup final this year, and TN10 has it. TNT has it next year. Am I correct? Not exactly sure, but I do believe they have the Stanley Cup final. It's obviously played after the NBA finals, fortunately, this year. I'm not sure how it's all going to work out, but I know they do have Stanley Cup finals, and I believe it's this year as well. Because if the because if ESPN has the Stanley Cup final this year, you know them losing out on the conference final, like okay, fine. They, they got Tampa, the, I think. They get Tampa. They have well. Tampa. That's sorry. I mean, the conference yeah. finals in the Western Conference final. Excuse me. But like having either Colorado or Edmonton come out of the West and then have them play possibly Tampa in the final. If you get a Colorado Tampa final, fine. It might not, it might not be the same excitement as color as Colorado Edmonton, but that's still going to be a decent amount of excitement in that series if that were to happen. And if mm-hmm. you get Connor McDavid coming out of the other side, like ESPN still wins out of this because they could still market some of the best players in the final. That's if they if they have the Stanley Cup final, which of my understanding, I think I'm they pretty do sure they this year. pretty sure. I'm I'll pretty check sure that they where you're you talking. Like I I, I I like ESPN, I gotta say, I, I know TNT, they they have the, the funny stuff with the panel. They're trying their best to channel the magic of inside the NBA. But I'd also like the job that that ESPN has done with Steve Levy, bringing in Ryan Callahan. He's done a great job. Kevin Weeks has done great. They had the couple games where PK Subban was making an appearance Chris Chelios as well. Mark Messier has come in. 
I, I, they've they've done really well. I, I mm-hmm. think they've done a good job with the product and uh it, it, just hearing like the espn like nhl be I, I get goosebumps all the time uh sean mcdonough has done okay i think overall just collectively espn has done a great job with the product this year the games they've shown uh the way they've gotten fans into it the way it's been implemented into their into their stream of things like i i think they've done a good job and i have no doubt they'll do fine in the final just if, if I'm ESPN, like I'm still winning regardless, even if I don't have the Western Conference final, because at the end of the day, you're still going to have the, you're still going to have Tampa in the East. If they come out of the East, you know, great. That's awesome. If you get the Rangers in this, may somehow come out of the East of the final big market. All right. That's awesome. New York fans are going to get all behind the Rangers. If they make the Stanley cup final Carolina, I don't know where they measure up with, with their, their media market. I mean, you can argue that NC NC state Wolfpack games probably draw a little bit more than the Canes, but their fan base is rabid. They're passionate, hard, diehard fans. Plus like we get to see it, probably get to see an ESPN feature on, on the storm surge during the (laughs) finals or something like that'd be funny. Like, I don't know if I'm ESPN and I have the Stanley cup final, we're winning regardless. And, and with the NBA finals this year, it could be still a good one. I think Golden State's going to win in six. I don't know if it'll be that interesting, but I mean, we have guys on both sides who could do really well. But I don't know, man. This is a good summer if you like the NBA and the NHL. And ESPN might have both of those. Like, that's insane. Yeah, it's going to be a terrific, terrific month. Um, and you're right. The Stanley Cup final is on ESPN. So the beauty of it is this. This is TNT's Stanley Cup final. Yes, Oilers and, and Avalanche. So they're going to put everything they have into these next seven or less games, and it's going to be fantastic. Then we're going to switch over to ESPN, and it's going to be a immensely talented team from the Western Conference versus either the Tampa Bay Lightning going for the three-peat or the New York Rangers, a massive media market that's going to make things that much, I won't say more interesting, but interesting nonetheless. It's Oh, I just, I guess I just eliminated Carolina from the equation. It would be the worst case scenario <laughs> if Carolina got there just in terms of selling the product. Uh, but I don't think they're going just a spoiler for our future discussion here on the hurricanes, Rangers and lightning, but you're right. I mean, this is the perfect situation. You've got competing networks. You got one putting on what could be the best series of, I don't want to say our lifetimes, but maybe the cap era, honestly, like, maybe Pittsburgh, Detroit, the rematch in terms of like, like we're talking about upper, upper echelon stuff in terms of matchups. TNT's got that. ESPN's got the Stanley Cup final after that. We could not ask for more as hockey fans. I understand we're both north of the border and we'll be tuning in mostly to Sportsnet. If you do have the NHL package, you can watch the other ones. I'll probably try to do that a couple times just to mix it up, but you couldn't ask for more. If you're Sportsnet, you could ask for the Leafs. But if you're the NHL in the United States, you couldn't ask for more than what we have right now. Um, is, do you have an X factor in Colorado, Edmonton, before we move on to uh, Carolina, New York in game seven uh, of that series? So, I mean, that's a really good question because we know the superstars are going to come out for both of those teams. It's really just whoever's depth shines the brightest here. I think if if Edmund, if we see a situation where, uh, you know, Vander Kane and, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman, some of those other guys are able to shine a little bit brighter than Colorado's depth guys. Wow, that's going to be a big surprise because I would think Colorado's depth is a little deeper and a little bit more proven. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, anything could happen in the playoffs. People have been saying all year Edmonton's been playing Colorado tough throughout the year. 
Uh, it's really just whichever depth guy to me could stand out. I mean, Miko Ranton, you mentioned a top 10 player in the playoffs when it comes to points per game. Uh, he was my or very early pick to win the consmite. I don't think that's going to end up coming to fruition. It's not looking no. too good. Uh, but, you know, he could be in line for a really good series. Uh, maybe the defense, it's, it's entirely possible as well. I mean, I know Colorado took the hit with Sam Girard out, but their defense still looks fine regardless. Maybe Edmonton, I mean, Duncan Keith still logging in some minutes. Like it's maybe Colorado. Colorado has the advantage on them there. Even then, like it just they have the offense to kind of outscore their problems, which we kind of thought maybe wasn't enough to get through a playoff series. But look, Edmonton made it to the third round. They were able to outscore their problems. So, yeah, in terms of the X factor, not a specific player, but I think it's just everyone else beyond the superstar players, whichever supporting cast shines the brightest is going to end up leading their team to a series win. These teams are it's surprising how much of a mirror match they are at least up front because they have their two top lines stacked and when you look at the bottom six of the avalanche it's not as impressive as i thought it was at least in my mind i think they've made i think they've healthy scratched andre burakovsky in recent games which has been sort of strange to me yeah they're taking him in Uh, and and out and that would have added to maybe that third line looking a little bit more potent than it, it does but there are a lot of like utility forwards in that bottom six. And the same is for Edmonton. Like Ryan McLeod has been spectacular, for the Oilers. And they've even gotten good contributions from like the Warren Fogles and, and so on and so forth. Like the bottom sixes on both teams are doing their job and they allow for this like jam-packed, saturated top six with talent where it's just like, all these players are having awesome playoffs, maybe with the exception of Miko Rantanen. Sorry for bringing that up again. But the difference, I think, I'm on the same wavelength as you, is that defense and maybe the middle of the defense. I mean, obviously, Kale McCarr and Devon Taves have an edge on the top unit from Edmonton. Not that that really matters, but th- that is true. But I think Bowen Byram being able to step up and take the place of Sam Gerrard and you know, really showcase more of his game in a more featured role. Like, I feel like that could be a little bit of a difference where you just have a little bit extra from the defensive core uh, offensively and maybe stopping some of that middle six production uh, with Bowen Byram and Josh Manson. So I think Bowen Byram, I think that you, you know, that uh, Rover sort of mentality that the Colorado Avalanche have with McCarr and with Byram, I think that could really help them uh, take advantage of non McDavid dry sidle minutes. So if I'm choosing an X factor, I mean, let's be honest, the, the big guns in this series are going to carry them, but I think at the, at the margins deeper in the lineup, that might be the difference. And we'll get into picks a little bit, but uh, I think Colorado has the advantage there. So you're not rooting, by the way, when you eliminated Carolina, you are not, so we're letting it be known. You are not rooting for a 2006 Stanley cup rematch. No, I mean, that was the peak of my fandom. 2006 Stanley Cup final was the peak of my fandom as a hockey fan. Todd Harvey crying on the bench after the Oilers lost that game seven was the closest I was to showing tears in front of my friends as a teenager. Um, So (laughs) lots of memories of that. And then Chris Pronger demanding a trade like a couple weeks later, like broke my heart. I think that's where I lost it. Like Chris Pronger, that trade request, it was like the high the low, and then even lower than that was Chris Pronger wanting out of Edmonton. It was awful. Um, but uh, yeah, that was like the last time I think I truly cared about a hockey team. And now we might see that happen again. What would it be 18 years later? 
it's pretty wild getting that's pretty wild so we have a thing in common where uh franchise defensemen uh getting shipped off of our favorite teams growing up ultimately led to our downfalls as fans of go. those respective teams because after Subban left Montreal I was like well that's that's gonna do it for me <laughs> sorry <laughs> there you go Can't do this. that's uh that's the one thing that bonds us I guess uh, among other things there's a lot of things among other things, things. <laughs> a lot of things that uh I left off Carolina I think subconsciously because I think it's the one team that can't win I really don't think they can win the Stanley Cup if I had to rank the teams in order of their chances I was high on Carolina at the start of the year bet on them very aggressively uh high on the on them throughout have chosen them in both uh, actually did I take Boston I did take Boston chose them as my most confident pick in our confidence challenge this round they might blow it but I've realized that they have a really firm ceiling and they have a really high floor too like the floor and the ceiling barely anything separates them they cannot really oscillate back and forth between great performances and poor ones. They are what they are, which is a great team, but they can't raise their game. They can't get a win on the road because they can't change what's what it is that is that makes them really good, but they can't go beyond that. They can't do something to take them out of their normal functioning sort of uh, high level ceiling type of play. And I think you need to be more than that. You need to win in different ways. You need to win in tough situations and thinking that they could get by the Tampa Bay lightning, even if they hold serve again at home, I just can't see it. In, and I surely can't see it in a Stanley cup final. Oh, I guess against Edmonton, they might have a chance, but I, I I'm uh, I'm souring a little bit on Carolina. So the, the hurricanes, I think are the first team in NHL history to lose their first six road games of the Stanley cup playoffs. And the fact that they're still alive has to say that playing at home gives them some kind of superpower. The fact that they've been able to get to this point without their number one guy in Freddie Anderson, but anti Ranta doing his thing in the playoffs. I know he got pulled the other night and had to put Kachekov in relief. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think the fact that the Canes have been able to get this far speaks to something that they've been able to do. Uh, and the point that's been made that, you know, you could still get away with getting to the final by losing every road game, including against Tampa Bay Lightning because Tampa's Carolina winning one at home though. Tampa's oh, winning absolutely. one in Carolina. It's happening. Oh, they, that is they don't lose sure. two in a row, so it's happening early in that series if it happens. That is very true. But I, I don't know. I, I think with the Carolina Hurricanes, if they get to that round against Tampa, I, I could still see them giving them a bit of a fight. I, I, I don't know if they'll win game seven. My pick was, to, was the, for the Rangers to do it. And I still think with how they've come alive in game six and then into game seven tonight, uh, with Igor Shosturkin, I still I think they could get the edge in. They were very close to getting that road win in game one. I think we could be in, in for a similar circumstance again, and they will have probably learn by then uh, to not let those opportunities slip away. This, this has been a pretty close series, even though it hasn't gotten the attention that uh, we've given it to the Battle of Alberta, the Battle of Florida, and Colorado St. Louis. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I don't know where I'd rank them in terms of uh, remaining teams uh, to win the Stanley Cups, probably Colorado, then Tampa Bay, one, two for sure, then Edmonton. I guess I might have them. Man, I might have them four or five, actually, mm-hmm. now that I really think about it. Because Colorado, Tampa, Edmonton, I put it three, which is probably as high as I would have ever thought I'd give Edmonton. Yeah. And I kind of lean, the, it's, 
I guess I'll have a better answer after game seven, but the Rangers and the Hurricanes, I mean, it's a, literally a toss-up. They're tied 3-3 in their series. But yeah, I, I guess I, I, I kind of talked myself into agreeing with you about not being sold on the Hurricanes. Yeah, I just don't think they, I just don't think they have that next gear, honestly. Uh, and I think we've seen Edmund take its game to a whole nother level. Colorado, I mean, they had such a high standard regardless, but like, I think them overcoming St. Louis, digging deep. I mean, St. Louis is a really good team that they They're beat really good. in the second round. And I think that says something about how they might be different. Tampa, of course, I mean, third gear all regular season had to really dig deep to get past Toronto and then just blitzed the Florida Panthers. Carolina, we just see the same thing. Very, very good team. I don't know if they have that extra gear. We shouldn't go too far into it. I do think the Rangers win game seven. I think this pattern ends tonight and the Rangers are going to get through. Um, so, so, be- so, so the Cuthbert compound, if, if, if yes. it happens, the Rangers yes. win, we coming through to watch high school musical with high, the- high school musical review uh, party. There'll be pizza, cotton candy, everything that you can imagine uh, in Omar's. If the Rangers lose this <laughs> game, Omar's it's going to be vex as hell. <laughs> vex <laughs> yeah. as hell. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. Um, but because the game is tonight and not many people are going to be able to turn this around uh, for a game seven preview or a game seven preview proper, I think we should discuss who the lightning would want to face. So if the lightning had its choice, not that they really care. I mean, it's the Tampa Bay lightning for God's sake. What do you think is a better matchup for them in terms of their advancement, Carolina or New York? I feel like they might want Carolina a little bit more. I think they have the savvy to kind of figure out Carolina's defensive structure. And once they do facing anti-ranta and beating anti-ranta is a little less daunting than playing against Igor Shosturkin, who, yeah. I mean, look, right now, Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the world. 1B might, 1A or 1B, if you're looking at it that way, 1B might very well be Igor Shosturkin. And it's going to be a much tougher challenge to go up against him compared to an anti-ranta. And may, even if Freddie Anderson gets himself healthy enough to play in that conference final for Tampa, I think those Lightning players would rather face off against Carolina's mix of goalies than Shesterkin. Yeah, I never would have said this a week ago, but I think you're, you're bang on. Uh, I think Carolina is the preferred matchup if you're Tampa Bay because they can't do what the Islanders have done previously and, and force them to really change their game and overcome a defensive juggernaut. Uh, which I think the Rangers can be. The Rangers can park the bus. They can play in front of a goaltender like Igor Shesterkin, who's not going to let anything soft through. Well, anti-Ranta in that game six, I mean, you can't be giving up goals like that. It's just you're not going to win against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think Shesterkin alone, that great equalizer factor is the difference here in terms of like what Tampa would want to see. I get that Carolina will be hard to break down because they just play so well within those five on five minutes, but I think they're very similar than Tampa, but they don't have the winning pedigree. They don't have the goaltender. And I don't think they have the collection of top end talents that can take advantage of their chances uh, when they need to. So if I'm looking at like, it's a fastball or a curveball, Carolina's the fastball. I think they can manage the fastball, but that curveball that the Rangers can throw at you that might buckle your knees, maybe that's more difficult, even though it's a slower pitch. So I feel like if I'm the Lightning, I'm hoping for Carolina. They beat them just recently, I think last year when the conference semifinal. 
yeah. the Rangers are not as proven as an entity. I mean, they're just just on the come up right now. Uh, but with Shostyurkin, all bets are off. If you have someone that can match Vasilevsky, uh, you have a chance. Uh, and I don't think the Hurricanes have that. I do think the Rangers have that. Either way, I feel as if both of those teams are going to lose against Tampa. And that's not something I would have felt comfortable saying if the Lightning, if they stumbled against Florida, even if they still won. I would have just kind of seen them as like a cup contending team just kind of wobbling and they just need one big knockout punch to kind of fall to the mat. But that Mm -hmm. Florida series, that woke them up into the Tampa Bay Lightning team that we really know them to be. Just a good, great offensive team, can play defensive if you need, but just have stellar goaltending that will help them regardless of what the score is. And the fact that they are coming off, what, like a week's rest after sweeping the Florida Panthers? It's got to be at least, probably 10 days. The series doesn't start till Wednesday. It's probably been 10 days. Like the Lightning, that's a team with everything they've endured over the last two, three years that is a team that needed the rest that they were able to get because of the fact they got the job done. So I, I think for the Tampa Bay Lightning, even if they come, I understand that some teams, they, they get a little weary about the, the layoff, the rust that comes with stepping back onto the ice after how many days off. But for a team like Tampa that's gone through the playoffs the way that they have, they needed those days off to get themselves going. Uh, and I think even if they play the Rangers, they play against Carolina, like they could, it might not, it's not going to be like a sweep or anything like that. They're not going to completely walk over them, but I think they get the better of their opponent in a six or seven game series. I'm uh, experiencing some regret for staunchly defending Freddie Anderson on his way out of Toronto uh, with how this injury situation has kind of shaken down. Obviously I'm not on the trainer's table, hanging out with Freddie. I don't know exactly what's going on. I don't know what it feels like when he goes down into a butterfly, but not being available when there was talk about him being available weeks ago and a lot of speculation over what's happening after the same thing happened last year. Not a great look, not a great look for Freddie. I I hope that, uh, I mean, I'd love to see him get into this playoff. I was really looking forward to watching him. Uh, but a very strange circumstance surrounding him again. And I don't think it's a coincidence. There are like whispers of like, does he just not like, does he just not have it? Does he just not have it mentally? Is it this, is this as much of a mental thing as a physical thing? I'm not really sure. Again, shouldn't speculate, but uh, uh, it's happening. It's playoffs. Again. I mean, I, I get that. Like with, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not in the room with him. So I don't know how severe whatever injuries going through is. I mean, it's the playoffs. You see a lot of people play through pain all the time. If he's not able to play through it, you have to assume that it's pretty bad. And I understand that it is a bit of deja vu. It, it, it could be something he aggravated again. Like it, it has to be that serious for him not to play. Yeah. Um, and Rance has done a great job, but in, in order to win two more rounds, to, in order to get, I mean, they may get by New York, but to win against Tampa, to win it against in a Stanley cup final, against either Colorado or Edmonton, I feel like you need an upgrade at that position. I don't know if Ranta can take them much further than the second round, if even through the second round. Uh, The big news over the weekend was Jason Spezza retiring after 19 seasons, I believe, the 38-year-old. He played three years with the Maple Leafs at the veteran minimum. Wanted desperately to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, this guy, it burns a little bit 
hotter with Jason Spezza compared to most NHL players. Uh, I, I, it was almost as though you could see the man's heartbreak uh, when he talked about moving on from the game uh, over the weekend. Uh, I don't know if it was the right move, honestly. I mean, I think the Leafs have to be pretty cutthroat and, and firm with their decisions. There's no room for sentiment here. You can't just throw money at him because he's a great guy who you feel bad for that he hasn't won, but I thought he could still play. And I think he did a pretty good job for the Leafs uh, for a while, but he will transition into a management role. They don't really know what he's going to be doing just yet, other than learning from Kyle Dubas, which is interesting because Kyle Dubas is bringing him along here, but I don't know if Dubas is for sure going to be here much longer than a year based on what might happen next year. But anyway, he's a part of the Leafs management crew and he will stay with the Leafs management crew. I think even beyond the current regime, because he's given up a lot to the franchise means a lot to the franchise means a lot to the current players that are in that dressing room. Um, Did it break your heart to see Jason Spezza walk away? I didn't break my heart necessarily, but I am intrigued at the fact that and maybe it's because of the of the people who are romanticizing about him in the market that he happens to play him. Did we forget that Jason Spencer spent the bulk of his career being an auto senator's great? I think he forgot a for little Dallas. bit. I think he forgot a like, tiny bit. I mean, he did talk about it, but like, like, I mean, these years, I think these years were more like 10 years to him. Like it really emotionally, physically, everything that went into these last three years, I think took its toll a little bit and, it's weird how he identifies as a leaf now over a senator. You're right. Yeah, because like, like, look, I'm sorry, but dude never got out of the first round with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. He played first. It's a whole. He's a Toronto guy, right? Oh yeah, he actually is a Toronto guy. So he, fine, it it means something to him uh, for him to to play for his hometown team, and I'm not going to take that away from him. But, but like my when I think of when I think of memories of Jason Spezza, it's it's him deking a Canadian's defenseman and going upstairs. I think I was Jose Theodore, like in the early yep. 2000s as an Ottawa Senator. One of my favorite he, goals he ever. Got, well, an amazing goal. I remember watching that just like on Sportsnet, just being like, damn, like that's Jason Spezza's born different. He is special. The number two overall pick of the 2001 NHL entry draft behind Ilya Kovalchuk as an Ottawa Senator. Like, and I, and I get that a lot of Senators fans, they definitely do have that sour taste in their mouths about how he left the franchise and ends up going to Dallas, which I wonder how Dallas Stars fans feel about Jason Spezza retiring. If they've given him any second, I'm sure they did give him second thoughts. He did spend a decent amount of time there, but it is kind of funny to see people, you know, just show all this. A lot of Leafs fans just show a lot of gratitude, a lot of love for Jason Spezza deserved. But I mean, let's not forget that like him, Daniel Alfredson, Danny Heatley, they, they were a thing. The Ottawa Senators were really good once upon a time. And Jason Spezza was a big reason why they were good. He were in that cup uh, in, in, in the 2000s against the Anaheim Ducks. Fortunately, they lose that one. But like Jason Spezza has been around the game for a long time. He's done a lot of great things and not just as a leap. I just, I'm not trying to be the hater here. I'm just, I'm just saying like there's Jason Spezza is a great player. And, and you could, if you go on Google and you search hard enough, you can find him in other jerseys that it would like. Yeah, uh, I guess the cushier position is with the Maple Leafs now. I'm not sure the Ottawa Senators are rolling out the red carpet to just add anyone to hockey operations because uh, I don't think the budget necessarily compares, although this is a bit of a transition time, I think, for the Senators. The Sens should, however, on top of that, though, the Sens should take the opportunity. I know Ian Mendez has probably said something similar. They should take this opportunity now to kind of just, if they're not going to give him a front office job, 
at least do some kind of thank you. Something yeah, I didn't with see this anything. Number. I mean, sure, there was probably something from the senators, but I didn't see anything. Like, like this is a Not golden opportunity to do that. Bury the hatchet, whatever hatchet might be there. Let let the past die. Bygones be bygones, all that. Jason Spezza, when it really comes down to it, will go down as one of the best Ottawa Senators to have ever played for that franchise. Perhaps not on the level of a Daniel Alfredson, but Jason Mm -hmm. Spezza should be recognized as such for the way that he established himself as an NHL star with that franchise. With all the stars that have walked through the doors in Canada and walked out and gone to other franchises and perhaps achieved success elsewhere, Jason Spezza's star shines very brightly. A guy they drafted. A guy they drafted and saw success with. Uh, he deserves uh, the, the the recognition from the franchise that shows him second overall. He was a legend uh, when I was a kid playing, I guess, exceptional status. I think he was exceptional status. Anyway, he he played for Brampton, but had to play for Mississauga because he was drafted a year early. Like there was a lot of like circumstance around his junior career, but like he basically played for both rivals, Brampton and Mississauga. Mississauga didn't last very long. Now the Steelheads, but they were the ice dogs back then. And there was like, they'd always play on New Year's Eve and it was this bloodbath. There'd be fights all the time. And Spezza was always in the middle of it playing on either side. It was a very, he was a legend in, in minor hockey uh, in the area that he grew up. And I guess he gets to, you know, stay in this area by, uh, by joining the, the Maple Leafs front office. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense because I think he means, I, I mean, these past years, I think he's, he's, he's become very, very important to the franchise somehow. He will always mean more to the senators, I think. Uh, but I, I feel like he's become a pretty indispensable part of the operation in Toronto over these last three years, because they've brought in a lot of people to fill that member mentorship role. Patrick Marlowe, remember all the him hanging out with his kids, hanging out with Matthews and Marner and all that great stuff. And Joe Thornton came in a year ago, but none of them have done what Jason Spezza has done in terms of like rubbing off on the young guys. If anything stood out from this last disappointment is how much it hurt the players to have not done it for Spezza. I think that was a big difference in the reactions to it and a big difference between Marlowe and Thornton previously. But I do think that Spezza understands this team, understands what Matthews and Marner might need, understands what might be missing, what they didn't have, what he needed to do or what he felt he had to do at certain times when no one else was there to do it. So I think he can help Kyle Dubas in the short term. I don't know if he's going to be a brilliant general manager in his career, but it makes sense for Kyle Dubas to want to have him stick around. And honestly, after taking uh, $700,000 and earning over just over $2 million over three years when he could have earned more elsewhere, they probably owe him a little bit of money too. And he's going to get that in a management role. He did come up five points short of reaching 1000 mm. for his career which is sort of emblematic of Spezza's entire career, right? Almost. That's how it feels like for Jason Spezza, which, which is heartbreaking. So I guess the heartbreak on his face makes some sense. I guess at least. And hey, whatever money he gets from the Leafs, it's not going to count on the salary gap at the very least. So if they uh, want to pony up a little uh, bit more extra uh, money to get, a, to get another uh, goalie, why not? Yeah, $5 million assistant to the GM to make up for uh, taking far, far less. I mean, that should be one of the advantages of big market. Just saying. Uh, Confidence challenge. Interesting. We have reached a critical stage 
of the confidence oh challenge. Uh, you were up by two points after round one. Uh, you have hit your eight pointer, but you could lose your six, four, and two pointers because you picked Colorado, but you also picked Calgary, Florida, and New York. However, I only have eight points to this point as well. So in this round, we are tied eight to eight with one more result. However, I have eight points on the line with Carolina. You have four points on the line for the Rangers. So you'll either be up by four points or I'll be up by eight points. Uh, and that's a two point swing based on the first round. So a big one tonight, not just high school musical reviews, watch parties, et cetera, but the confidence challenge could hinge on what happens in game seven between Carolina and New York. And like I said, I kind of like your odds here because uh, I've lost some faith in my hurricanes. Oh man. Just... There's a lot riding on this game tonight, man. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> for a lot. I'm going to be chilling, watching this game, hoping that the Rangers could be a team of, of destiny, just soaring, flying. There's not, a, there's not a star in heaven that the Rangers cannot reach my friend. I'm hoping they win this for the sake of this confidence challenge and for the sake of that bet made. I am I am very invested in this game seven, Justin Cuthbert. I am extremely invested. I will be devastated if the Rangers lose. The opportunity, the potential. Look, I get it. A bunch of jerks, you know, it'd be good for them to be the, in the conference final. You know, they'll, they'll enjoy it and all that. But I'm not going to enjoy those storm, storm surges nearly as much as I would have enjoyed uh, seeing the boys in Broadway go to the conference final for everything this represents y'all i hope you know the happiness the happiness of zone time hinges on this series it hinges on this series you know how many people picked the rangers it was me avery tic tac tobar you know how happy we're all going to be sam's going to pull through cuthbert if the if the canes ruin this for me i don't know if i will emotionally recover from this <laughs> Cross-country travel on the line here uh, in this game. I don't know if Yahoo's going to be expensing flights for Sam and Avery you and yourself. You Maybe the train that. for you because that's uh, a possibility as well. Um, but we'll make it happen. We'll figure it out. We will figure it out if the New York Rangers beat the Carolina Hurricanes in game seven. Now, we have to do the confidence challenge for round three offline because we don't have the matchup set. But are you leaning one way or the other in terms of your highest ranking and your choice between Colorado and Everton. Uh, I might have to figure that out offline, but yeah, just with the way that these these friend, these teams are looking, I'll tell you this much: like I, I I've been all on Colorado to this point. I don't know if I'm going to stick with Colorado mm -hmm. in that first round. I'm thinking about it. I might flip, but I'm not sure yet. I have to go over that offline because Edmonton's really surprised me, and they played really well. So I, I'm really not sure. Tampa, I, I, if I like, I said I feel pretty confident in them. Maybe I might give them the higher points here, but it's something I'm gonna have to think about offline a lot. Okay, that that might inform me of my decision because I think I'm gonna have to be trying to make up some ground in round three and perhaps the Stanley Cup final. But we'll get there when we get there. Okay, it's time for tire pumps. It's where we bestow praise on. Uh, someone or something in the hockey world. I'm not sure if you have one in the holster, but I'll go first. I'm going to give it to Sonny Sachdeva of Sportsnet, who wrote the best article on Nazem Kadri last week. It is definitely worth your time. Uh, it is a perspective I think that a lot of people don't think about when um, considering the racism and the hatred and the vile 
directed towards Nazem Kadri and how that may or may not have impacted his performance. Um, but it is a very, very important perspective, I think, for people because it's something that I don't think many people thought about in terms of, you know, this isn't something that fueled him or over that he overcame or some sort of redemption story. It's someone who was going to be great regardless and just has to deal with this. Uh, anyway, so I think it's worth a read and I think it's a worthy tire pump for one of the better writers uh, on the come up in Canadian sports. 100%. Uh, I, and I hope that with that line of thinking being out there, we do that more uh, when these situations happen again. Unfortunately, we're still in the position we're in in the world where racialized BIPOC players are still subjected to hurtful, abusive, racist comments from faceless people on the internet and you know we we do fall into that trap of saying wow these players are so brave for rising above it and they are brave but they shouldn't have to be they shouldn't be subjected to stuff like this they and you're right like and well Sonny's right they, they're going to be great regardless so I hope that we we're able to change the narrative of how we kind of view the players and and what they're overcoming and how we personify that when these incidents happen again. I was going to give my tire pump uh, to Valtteri Filippola uh, because as a result of him winning uh, the world championship over the weekend with Tim Team Finland mm -hmm. and the gold medal he won earlier this year, Valtteri Filippola is the first Finn to uh, reach triple gold club status. Uh, so that is a big, big, big deal. Finland all of a sudden has turned itself into the power to be in international hockey with what they've done at almost every level of the sport. So shout out to Finland. Shout out to Finland for getting the win over Canada at the World Championship, but shout out to Valtteri Filippola, who won his cup, I believe, with the Red Wings in 2008, and now is the first Finn of all the Finns who have played in the National Hockey League, yeah. who we have seen uh, you know, be Hall of Famers, just be amazing players. Valtteri Filippola, great longtime NHLer. He is the first one of his countrymen to be in the triple gold club. So tire pump to him. I deserve a tire pump. Pretty, pretty crazy. The, the triple gold club is uh, it's an awesome group. It's a, it's an awesome little stat that it just surprises you every time when someone like Philpola is added to it. Um, not that it matters, but you know, Corey Perry looking to bolster his already impressive triple gold club membership uh, with the Tampa Bay lightning. I'm not sure if there's anyone else who'd be involved in that on either the Avalanche, Oilers, um, or Rangers, or Hurricanes. I think it's probably just Perry, now that I'm thinking about it, because it's young stars highlighting the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is something that uh, we've been waiting for, as we mentioned off the top. But uh, I still have a rooting interest for Corey Perry as well. Um, listen, man, it's going to be great. We, st we still got a couple more rounds to cover here, but this is something you and I, I know, have been waiting for for a long time uh, as we've done shows and as we've gotten to know each other talking about hockey, the Avalanche and Oilers in the Western Conference Final and a to-be-determined matchup for the Eastern Conference Final. It's going to be great. It could be better than the NBA. It has been to this point. I can't wait for it. Uh, and I know the Zone Time crew, you, yourself, and uh, all of us will have it on lock because uh, it's definitely worthy of our attention, man. Uh, we're going to talk on Zone Time in just a bit, uh, but this has been the Iowa Sports Hockey Podcast. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.